Welcome to the Proven Principles Podcast by Knowing Hospitality, the show that deconstructs and demystifies the inner workings of the hotel industry. Here's your host, Adam Knights. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the show. My guest today is Parul Suri. She's a revenue management expert. She's been all over the world working for brands and independent hotels, and she brings her knowledge and expertise today to talk about not just the practical application of revenue management, but how you have to take a more holistic view and weave it throughout your business. She's got a ton of tactical information here. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. So without further ado, let's just get right to it. Parul Suri, Modern Revenue Management. Enjoy. Parul, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm doing great. It's good to uh, it's good to see you. It's been a while, um, and we, we've got a really great show lined up today. Yeah, we do. I have a lot of things to talk about. Hopefully, I get all my points across, but we'll see. <laughs> so, revenue management. So, before we dive into that, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about uh, you know, who you are, where you uh, started your career, and how you ended up where you are today. Absolutely. So I've been doing revenue management for about 15 years in the hospitality space. And that's what I started with. Not that it was something that I really wanted to do, but you know, it was 2008 and seven. And I was like, all right, let's just do something about um, and finish my MBA degree. And I was like, let's do something with my career in hospitality landed on my desk. And I was like, okay, let, let's try it out. And I haven't ever looked back. Uh, so that's the good part. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, now I can say that, you know, I've had half of my career spent in the United States where I have worked in the revenue management space with branded as well as independent hotels. And then half of my career, I have worked in the Asia, Middle East, Africa, Australia market with branded hotels as well as independents um, in India too. So I was born and raised in India and then I moved here eight years back um, and it's been a great journey. And, you know, I have been a strong proponent of why revenue management needs to exist, why it needs to be a discipline that needs to be nourished and cherished. So mm-hmm. I am very excited to talk about it today. You know, it's interesting. I mean, you bring a truly global perspective to this. So there's a lot going on around the globe when it comes to hotels and revenue management and, and hotels coming back in the market. Yeah, you know, everyone is talking about very similar principles, but every market is going to behave differently. Even in the United States, for that matter, every hotel, every every city or, you know, every hotel is going to be very different. For example, you know, uh, we've been talking about do not discount your hotels and, you mm-hmm. know, do not go lower on your rates because it will be very difficult to bring back up and discounting doesn't get you um occupancy or doesn't get you the profitability, but that is going to be very different with Vegas hotels for that matter, because Mm -hmm. they will go ahead and discount their rooms because they have different sources of revenue that is going to actually make it to the bottom line or to the top line for that matter. So, you know, every market is different. Every, um, I just see everything is very segmented, but the principles of revenue management still exist and remains um, the same. Mm -hmm. There is no past and, you know, the playing field is very leveled right now with experience going out to the garbage that, you know, just go ahead and improvise. But um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to follow different leaders and follow different people from different countries and um, understand their perspectives. I think you bring up an interesting point that it's not just about selling rooms anymore. You really have to look at it holistically because you have all these different sources of revenue coming in Vegas as a great example of that. But, you know, every hotel has, obviously there's the rooms, you know, what to sell, when to sell, at what price, at what time of day, all that. But, yeah. you know, you've got, uh, you know, food and beverage, there's uh, banquets, there's parking. There, So, you, yeah, looking at it holistically is really important. Um, 
before we get too deep into the weeds on this, because I know we can we can go pretty yeah. deep. Uh, why don't you give everybody a, a little bit of a perspective on uh, what is going on in the market from your side? What are you seeing out there? Um, you know, when you talk to people, you know, from a revenue management perspective, what are you seeing? What should people be doing? So uh, before I, I, I basically dive into this, I want to talk about how revenue management has evolved over the last so many years and how, how is it different right now? Um, you know, people talk about revenue management. Oh, it is about managing the revenue. And if there is no revenue, why do we need revenue managers? You know, um, you know, it is the right price, just pricing your rooms. Revenue management isn't that anymore. That is something that, you know, GMs, owners, and, you know, the industry needs to understand that now revenue management is not about just the right price, the right time, and, you know, the right person. It is more about the entire life cycle of the guests. It is about how can you generate that demand? How can you make that guest stay with you? And then, of course, follow up on that entire life cycle. It is demand generation. It is distribution. It's it's basically that entire, like how to get the top line, but also measure and bring it down to the bottom line, that that's what revenue management is all about, which I definitely want everyone to understand. Things have changed, um, just as I previously said, that, you know, um, at least the playing field is leveled now. Like people cannot just say, oh, I have experience in doing this. So I am telling you, this is going to be the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the case anymore. Um, data is obsolete but it is still the king. You need to still measure, you know, how things are changing. You may not be able to measure things as of last year, but, you know, probably week by week, day by day, your your data is changing, Your uh, the scenarios are changing, and you need to continuously adapt to the new changing environment and reevaluate and form your strategies based on that, not based on what has worked in the past. Mm. So, uh, that is something that I feel revenue managers and the industry needs to understand that what has worked in the past is not going to be working now. So reevaluate and adapt very quickly because that is something that's really important. That's a really interesting point. I mean, you know, revenue management, some of the systems that that people use plays they place uh, probably an overwhelmingly uh, large emphasis on past data mm-hmm. to decide what to do in the future. But when that data is effectively irrelevant right now, uh, you know, what, how, how do you do that? Are you, are you uh, kind of in your system uh, all day long, just seeing what, uh, what demand looks like? You're looking at what your competitors are doing. Are you A-B testing uh, different strategies? What are you doing? I think A-B testing different strategies is something that I'll definitely talk about, but let me cover the point where you said that we are looking at you continuously in the system. Um, A lot of revenue management systems um, now are, of course, not looking at just the past data, but also looking at, you know, what is happening in the last four weeks or what has happened in the last one week, and that is your history rather than what has um, happened in the past, which is very important for revenue managers to analyze as well. I definitely do not encourage, you know, an analysis, like a paralysis of analysis kind of a situation, like you get into your numbers and completely make nothing out of it. Mm-hmm. So that is something that you should refrain from. But what you should do is improvise very, very quickly, adapt to the new normal. This is going to be the new normal. Maybe 90% occupancy is not going to be a set a sold out house where you start charging a premium, but maybe 60% is where you start charging a premium because that is something that you are going to sustain with your 60 is going to be your new 90, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right. Understand what your new normal is. And based on that, based based on those new normals, like evaluate your strategies, 
test it, adapt to those strategies, test it, reevaluate them and improvise. And if they haven't worked, go back to the drawing board and, um, you know, formulate new strategies or tactics to be able to understand and, you know, understand your customer segmentation. Mm -hmm. That matter, like, you know, we've been talking about what segment comes back first. Like we've always depended on those 20 to 20 market segments, you know, throw that out of the window for now, because that's not going to work. Those are not the segments that are going to be there for in the next few years or months to come. Mm -hmm. So maybe if, if you think that your dry market and your leisure segment is going to be your customer base, then go ahead. Don't don't put that in one big bucket. Oh yeah, this is going to be leisure. Reevaluate, resegment that leisure segment, leisure mm-hmm. um, basically customer base, and um, understand the. Um, I would say understand their booking patterns. Understand what is driving them to come to you. What is it that you can sell to them? What is going to make them comfortable in those? And you know, it could be um, you know you segment that leisure segment based on different drive markets, or you ba- you segment it based on demographics. So you need mm-hmm. to understand all of that and then resegment that. Focus on what you can do for the customer rather than what you can do for your business. Like think from a customer's perspective. Yeah, I like that. Which goes back to your original point that this isn't just something that is about, you know, setting a rate and waiting to see if people come in. You really have to bring in a team of people to have visibility on all these different variables so that you can make a collective decision with all of the best information that you have at hand. Absolutely. And have those distribution channels open. Like go back and look at your content. You know, something that just pops in my mind right now, which um, a lot of the times we as revenue managers fight for and, you know, like uh, stakeholders fight for is like, oh my God, we don't want this OTA contribution. Um, You know, like, why is that so high? Like you're just selling too much OTAs, but we need to reevaluate each and every channel and market segment to be able to see what is the most profitable for us. Mm -hmm. Like, do we have the money and do we want to spend the money for those direct marketing efforts if at all that 15% or an 18% commission model is something that we can sustain with and that's cheaper then yeah go ahead and sell it to your OTAs like you know that is going to be that is the point that now I fight for like can you beat it if you can kudos to you go ahead look at your ROAS and you know sell it and get that direct market get that direct customer but if you can't don't waste your money on that Put those resources somewhere else. Yeah, that and sell on those OTAs. Oh, that's a, yeah, that's a great example. I mean, take take what you can get right now because that's you know while you know we're seeing some news that hotels are you know picking up and and mm-hmm. even in some cases full on Fridays and Saturdays uh, yeah. on on the weekends. You still have Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, yeah, and Sunday yeah. night to deal with. Understand where you want that guest to be and when you want to open up your distribution channels. Like that is what we need to be doing. Like that's that's a bread and butter, like forecast. Like maybe now we are not forecasting 30 days out. We're just forecasting a week out. Like, you know, we need to be prepared operationally to be able to like take in those um, walk-in guests or be able to take in guests who are just booking two days out. Like, you know, sitting on a Thursday, we should be prepared that maybe our Friday, Saturdays for a leisure market is going to be full because the weather is good. are going to drive down. Be prepared for all of these things. 
empower the workforce to be able to do those to do different things rather than continuously go back to their managers to seek for approval mm-hmm. empower people and you know be a good leader at this time too yeah i like that that's uh, that's actually really good advice there was something that came up on uh, on the podcast with josh hogan um, mm-hmm. that he talked about don't put your marketing dollars against marketing against the otas yeah. so you're so you're paying a commission to have an OTA guest come and stay with you, but then you're marketing against the OTAs. So you're, you're double spending there. And I think, you know, it's worth bringing up again, emphasizing that point in the context of what you're talking about, because the, there has been traditionally a lot of reluctance to have, to your point, too much OTA business staying in the hotel. But in some cases that might be all that's coming out of the faucet right now, by and large. Yeah. So uh, if the reluctance has always been against paying the commission for those rooms to come in, uh, you might be able to save by reallocating marketing dollars or just being smart further down in your P&L to mitigate some of those commission costs that you're paying. Absolutely. And, you know, who is winning in all of this? It's Google who's winning, right? Because uh, the <laughs> right. OTA ends up paying, um, you know, the uh, the bid cost um, to the uh, to Google and so are we. And, you know, we are, we're making another company rich, which is already very rich. So rather concentrate and put your marketing dollars towards where you can get that guest to stay with you. And that is something that I encourage revenue managers to look at very often um, is go back and look at your P&L. And, you know, that is something that I always ask my revenue managers towards the end of the month. Okay, tell me, like, don't tell me that you're you, you just, you know, you've increased your star share. Great, kudos to you, but that is not going to the bank. What is going to the bank for the owners is something that they look for, right? So look mm-hmm. at your P&L. Tell me if you generated that top-line revenue, how much have you paid to be able to generate that top line revenue. So that is something that's very important. And that's where I always say, bring your revenue managers to the table to be able to give them the flexibility and give them that, um, empower them to be able to think in that fashion, you know, make them think like entrepreneurs, like owners, so that they understand that, you know, um, something something that someone asked me, um, you know, in an interview uh, was that, um, how do you define success? And uh, when I spoke to that person, once I got to know him, he was like, I found that answer very cocky. I said, why? And the answer that I gave was, I define success by what goes to the bank. You know, that is, <laughs> that is, my, that is my measure of success. It, it, it isn't RGI or it isn't REFPAR because that is something, you know, we, uh, we have defined that for ourselves. Like mm-hmm. we can define any number and make any number look good if we, because numbers are something that we can play with continuously. Exactly. So what goes to the bank is actually successful because you're making money. We are in this business to make money. Everyone mm-hmm. is in the business to make money. So, you mm-hmm. know, if you can generate that, then it doesn't matter. You just made all the asset managers listening very happy. (laughs) (laughs) More more subscribers. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, So, you know, with that, it's it's hard to get a bead on what's going on in the future right now. You know, if anybody tells you they know what's going to happen, you know, they're just trying to trying to get click out of clickbait. I don't know what, but um, you know, there are probably some practices that have worked in the past in terms of trying to get visibility on the future. So, and some of that may not be having a crystal ball, but it may just be making sure your foundation is solid so that you can build on it as we get into, you know, what this is all going to look like throughout the rest of the year. Long-winded question uh, or way of phrasing the question, but, you know, as you look at the next 30, 60, 90 days, 
what are some things that hotels and revenue managers should be doing to set themselves up for success? Um, so yes, the industry is going to come back and it's coming back. You know, the, we've seen the worst, the worst decline was about 79, 80 per 79 point some percent in the month of April and you coming back. May was like 70% down year over year. I'm talking about just the U S right now. And, uh, you know, it is coming back. Um, to answer your question, uh, things have worked in the past, which will work and may not work in the future. Um, what I definitely want to say is that those marketing plans, those budgets in those business plans, they need to go out of the window because that is not going to work. Like, uh, you know, I was listening to someone, I was listening to Simon Sinek's uh, podcast and, you know, he was talking about this finite game and the infinite game. We are not in the finite game. Any, like we as hoteliers have always been in that finite game, like beat the competitor on mm. store, like, you know, next week and yeah, we win. We are in that infinite game. We need to sustain this, this particular scenario. And that is going to be successful. And that 30, 60, 90 day plan is not going to work. What is going to work is the next week plan, you mm. know, understand and reevaluate it every single day and then build your plan. Um, go Come back every single day and reevaluate it to mm -hmm. be better. Like mm -hmm. you cannot have a long-term plan. We can have um, scenarios like, you know, okay, if this happens, for example, if I have 40 rooms empty in my hotel and we are prepared to have them empty, how can I generate additional demand for those 40 rooms? Can I give it to a long-term guest? Can I convert it into apartments? Like, what do we need to do to generate demand? We can create scenarios like that and work on those scenarios, but having a plan in terms of this is how things are going to unfold, I don't think is going to be possible in this scenario because it's going to be different. We don't know if we're going to be hit with another you know another one in October mm -hmm. that's what everyone is talking about so that way we don't know about that's the unknown but we can be prepared for scenarios something that I started talking about starting in March you know when all of this hit us um, was that okay what can we what how can we as hoteliers adapt very quickly. Something that we haven't done traditionally is that hotels are very traditional, you know? They take such like slow steps moving forward. And you know, there are big, big small startups that quickly improvise and things change. How quickly Airbnb improvised and changed and mm. you know, bookings have started to rise. Hoteliers don't think that way. And that needs to change. We need to quickly readapt and reevaluate and stop saying we as hoteliers don't do that. No, hotels don't do that. Hotels need to understand what is going to be an, ad an additional source of revenue for them to be able to sustain and pay their bills, right? Mm -hmm. So um, can we convert those hotels into apartments? Can we have a subscription-based model? Learn from other industries. Revenue management exists in every single industry because everyone needs to make money, right? So how can you learn from different industries and not just from hotels to be able to generate that particular additional dollar is something that we need to look at. So the 30, 60, 90 day plan, I would say is more like a week on week plan. I plan that I'm going to have this particular, I'm going to focus on this particular customer base. I'm going to market this way. And this is how I'm going to get them to stay with us and mm -hmm. then take care of them. Okay. It didn't work for us. Okay. What is our next plan? And then start improvising on that. So, yeah, <clears throat> you know, I actually, I really like the way that you phrase that or the, the way you position it, because, you know, you may have been having a 30, 60, 90 day plan in the past because your booking window was mm -hmm. a lot longer. Your booking window might be day of now. It probably is in a lot of cases, mm -hmm. day of or 24 hours, maybe 48 hours. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so, so 
yeah, you know, trying to find ways to deal with maybe the, the extra, you know, 40 rooms that are sitting there vacant that you can't sell. Um, uh, actually, you know, your idea has got me thinking now your idea of a member or membership or a subscription model. It's actually, that's a really interesting, fantastic idea. I think, uh, uh, as a way to, um, to, to try to generate some revenue. You got me, you almost have me speechless on that. So my brain now is of course going, I actually really like that idea. We did send out uh, some emails. I know hotels are something like, you know, they don't think in this direction. But when I um, pondered over this over LinkedIn, I got a lot of people talking about it, but no implementation on this particular thing. So I went ahead and sent emails to a lot of startup founders with these, um, you know, apart hotels or people who are working with this um, lifestyle. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So, you know, like, why don't you do this? Because it's easier for you to implement it rather than having, you know, big hotels like the Marriott's and, um, you know, the Hilton's do it. But I think it's a great way to even go back to your corporate clients and say, I'm not going to give you a rate. I'm going to give you this voucher off this many room nights. Go ahead, take it, generate some cash flow, pay your employees mm-hmm. and be cash rich. At this point of time, cash flow is something that everyone needs, right? This is absolutely. It. Yeah, that's, a, that's absolutely true. Huh? Okay. Podcast topic for another day. Let's uh, <laughs> we'll put a pin in that one. Um, okay. So, you know, leading into this crisis here, we've had a long run of great times. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of hotels were successful money coming in. Business was great. Some of the best results anybody's ever had in a long time. Yep. Um, and in situations like that, that usually masks bad practices because yeah. you just have to, you know, you're just waiting for the phone to ring. You don't have to go out and find any business. Are there any practices that probably got masked from your perspective when times were good that we should be aware of today so that we don't repeat some of those mistakes? Yes. So um, I I think one of the things and, and that it may come as like, oh, she's a revenue person. So she is going to um, you know talk about revenue managers being important. But that is something that oh, I say at this time, your revenue managers are actually important. And which is which could be that, OK, you know, the GMs have been we have a revenue management system, which is going to go ahead and tell us the rates. And, you know, I know my hotel. I've been working in this market for the last 20 years. I know this is the rate that should be set up and they go ahead and do it. That is not going to work anymore because, um, you know, the past is um, outdated. So you cannot go back and say, I charged $300 last year. I'm just going to charge a 10%, um, you know, increment this year. That is not going to work. And, you know, your competitors may either be closed or may not be a true competitors anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, an up luxury um consumer and like a luxury hotel may be stealing share from the upper upscale uh, segments right. because that line is thinning down. So things that have worked in the past is not going to work right now, which is going to be um, different. So, you know, we need to think out of the box and readapt and reevaluate as I've been talking all over during this podcast. <laughs> Think differently, think out of the box and think how can you generate additional demand? Like your segments that have worked in the past are not going to work now. So that is going to be different. But things that have worked in the past is if data is not significant, but those data points are something that you need to evaluate and think and then market based on that. That is something that has worked in the past. Um, 
as hotels, we don't do cost plus marketing. We do value-based, we, we, we do value-based pricing, right? So mm-hmm. how can you value your product to be able to price it the way that a consumer wants to see? Uh, I don't, I know that a lot of people are talking about, well, hygiene is very important. Go ahead and market it. I think that is a given, like, you know, in a hotel, you need to have a bed. That is a given. So right. hygiene is a given, like having people wearing a PPE, given uh, having sanitizers all of the hotel that's a given but technology is important like how can you have touchless um you know check-ins or checkouts mm-hmm. like how can people want to it people who are coming to hotels they want to interact they want to have a good time but still not catch the infection how is technology going to help you things that things like that may have not worked in the past like you know okay they don't have technology but they have a great product and they have great service that has worked for us in the past may not work in the future right Mm -hmm. work at this point of time so something to think about there is technology how technologically advanced you are um things that have been okay in the past have been okay your guest reviews oh i got one bad guest review but the rest of them were fine and then you just are thinking but you, you may not give that guest review that much importance now one bad guest review is going to take you back like five months so Uh, take care of your guests, take care of them while they're at their hotel and also after they check out. So that entire life cycle needs to be uh, treated well. Mm-hmm. Things that have um, worked in the past have also been that you use a lot of your destination marketing to be able to get, um, you know, the guests to the hotel. And just because the destination is full, you know, you keep on charging that premium that is not going to be there anymore and as i said your nine your 60 could be your new 90 so start thinking about that that it is not necessary that you go ahead and discount your room prices until you've reached that 70 percent occupancy or that 80 percent over 90 percent occupancy and then charge a premium but do a value-based pricing don't discount but don't go ahead and charge that premium which which is going to leave your guest rooms vacant as well like be realistic and be empathetic towards people too the economy is going to come back and that's when travel is going to come back too so we need to be aware of all of those micro um, macro environment issues and you know to be able to attract those guests so Things like that have been okay in the past. You know, everyone is doing well. Yeah, of course, a Friday, Saturdays will be full. You know, go ahead and charge that premium and people are going to pay and Mm -hmm. that's not going to be there anymore. So you need to be more vigilant about how you are reaching out to that guest. How are you charging that guest? How satisfied is the guest for paying you that premium if at all they are? And that's for luxury segments. Yeah, no more setting and forgetting. Exactly. Yeah. I think your your point uh, about uh, luxury stealing share from upper upscale, that, mm-hmm. that will waterfall all the way down. Absolutely. You know, if you wanted to stay at, you know, name your luxury brand uh, and you couldn't afford it before, and now you can get in there for, you know, maybe $99. Yeah. That's going to make it really hard for hotels further down the chain Yeah, yeah. to be and able you know, to compete. That is true. And, uh, People who, 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 so it also depends upon, you know, people who have been able to keep their jobs during this, uh, during this pandemic and people who've lost jobs as well. People who have been able to keep their jobs and have been earning well, like, you know, the tech and the pharma as companies of the world, like those are the people who will travel and they will be able to afford much more than what they could. And then there's going to be a shift in what 
kind of people and demographic you were seeing at your hotel. So be able to, um, you know, for hoteliers and operationally to be able to have your mindset ready for that change and not be able to just, you know, think in the direction that has worked in the past. So that is very important. Mm-hmm. And I was about to say something which I completely forgot about. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. No, but, you know, the, the service levels and the uh, acknowledgement that maybe a, a different uh, uh guest different traveler that you haven't seen in your hotel in the past is a is a very um it's not just a real possibility it's 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 definitely going to be happening so you know even just getting off the revenue management topic for a second but holistically from an operations perspective uh, you you have to be willing to uh, adjust your um your service levels and even even change your offering to suit the new demographic that's that you're starting to see in your hotel. And that might be driven because of the rate that's being put out in the market. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and that is the reason I always say, don't just discount for the heck of it. Like understand, like this is going to be a value-based uh, pricing model industry forever. So understand your values and because it's very difficult to come back up. So mm. price price based on what you want to sell, and then there'll be people who get who would come, and then there'll be people who wouldn't. But segment your market and understand the segments that you want to sell to. Yeah, I like that. So um, it's a huge topic, revenue management, and to try to stay on top of it, uh, it could be a, that's a full time job, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but are there any resources that you've you've uh, used or gone after uh, that have kind of helped you? Um, either get more information or keep your skills sharp or sort of develop your ability to um, just be a better revenue manager all around. Things that you've benefited from or things that you've uh, told other revenue managers that have worked for you in the past uh, that they should go after. Absolutely. So, um, you know, as I said that I worked, um, you know, almost all over the world now. So uh, one thing that has worked for me is having mentors And that is something that I learn a lot from. I have conversations like, you know, I've had conversations with so many people in the last three, four, three or four months that I've actually not had conversations for a while. I was like at my job and doing, you know, the daily tasks. So having those conversations really helped me and reading about materials from different parts of the world really helps me as well. So having mentors and having um, open communications where people may agree and disagree with you and having those conversations to be able to talk about different ideas from different industries, like, you know, something that has worked in the Asia Pacific uh, may now work in in the U.S. or something that's worked in the U.S. may now work in the Middle East. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like talking about all of those different aspects and learning from them has really helped me. Um, I le- I read a lot of white papers. So, you know, like a lot of companies keep on publishing those. And that is something that I really read about. And the reason it's not about uh, just, um, you know, learning about this situation, but just to keep me ahead and abreast of what's happening in the world, because in our daily lives, we end up... Um, I'm learning a lot of things. So mm. going back to the drawing board and learning um, is very important for me. I learn a lot from people who I coach and mentor too, because sometimes when you hear from those people who are doing the job on a day-to-day basis and you've been away from it and managing people, you are away from the happenings of what's happening at the base level. So having those conversations is very important. Um, 
So yeah, that is something that's helped me have your mentors and you don't need a lot of white papers because people are talking about it and it's not necessary to agree with those points, but it gives you the visibility, like be educated about what's happening in the world and different industries. So one more thing that I would definitely say helped me is working in different, um, you know, independent hotels as well as branded hotels. The branded hotels give you a lot of structure and, you know, they made me learn a lot of basics, but I was able to implement a lot of those things at, at independent hotels that did not have structure, et cetera. So, um, you know, applying, applying things that I've learned from one place to the other really helps me, um, to test. I like that. And there's so much free content out there right now. There's obviously there's podcasts. I mean, you go on LinkedIn, uh, do do any search uh, on Google for webinars and training courses. Yeah. Uh, there's discounts, free resources out there. So uh, it's not hard to find things to keep your skills sharp. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so wrapping up the show, just getting to the end here. Yeah. Um, are there any practices from your perspective that hotels, revenue managers, maybe anybody who is at least maybe plugged into revenue management Mm -hmm. that they could implement today that would give them the most, you know, bang for their time and their effort. Be available. Firstly, have your, go back and look at your content, which you may have not for a very long period of time just because times were good. So go back and look at your content. Um, I always say that things that have, like do your A-B testing. A lot of people come to me and said, what do you think is the best solution to this particular problem? And there is no best solution. Uh, test, 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 and reevaluate and improvise and be able to do all of those different things. That is going to be the key right now as well. Um Data is still important. It is it is still the king. Like go back and evaluate your data. Go back and do that analysis rather than thinking I everyone is doing this, so we, so we should do it too. But you know you can prove that those everyone are wrong or right based on your own analysis. Um, and don't don't show me a spreadsheet saying that. Oh, let me show you a spreadsheet. Tell me what those numbers mean and and be able to articulate those numbers in a way that the audience wants to listen to. Like I have had numbers in the past where I've explained it very differently to a revenue manager and very differently to a director of sales and very differently to an owner. So be able to articulate your numbers in the way that your audience or your the person who you're presenting to wants to listen to. So something that something like that was really, really important as well. And um, yeah, don't be obsessed by being number one. Be obsessed by being in the game right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the quote of quotes right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I borrowed it from someone, but that is something that I will say. <laughs> I like it. I like it. But that is something that I will say is very important. So if people wanted to get a hold of you, uh, what's the best place for them to go? If they want to learn more about you, get in touch with me. LinkedIn, um, you know, I am, I am Adam, I don't know if you know about it, but I'm doing a lot of pro bono work right now mm-hmm. because I really want to help out people um, out of this pandemic. And, you know, this industry has given me a career and I want to give back to the industry. So I'm doing a lot of pro bono work. So if people want to reach out to me, reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to do uh, some analysis for you, give you direction, and I will not be charged for it, which is a good thing. That's outstanding. Yeah. Thanks, Pearl. I'll actually link to your profile in the show notes. So if anybody wants to find you, go to the show notes and it'll be right there. Um, But listen, this has been a true pleasure. Thank you for uh, taking the time to be on the show today. Share your expertise. I think there's a ton of uh, amazing, actionable, tactical information in here. So there's, uh, you've, you've 
cleared the road ahead for a lot of people. Thanks for taking the time. That's good to hear. Thank you so much for having me, Adam. This was a great show. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show today. If you want to get in touch with Perul or learn more about what she's doing, you can find her on LinkedIn. I'll link to her profile in the show notes. As for us, if you like the show today, please feel free to give it a rating and subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us at knowinghospitality.com. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Proven Principles Podcast with Adam Knight. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. The podcast is brought to you by Knowing Hospitality, a full-service hotel management company that puts your performance first by rethinking the management model. Visit knowinghospitality.com to learn more. Until next time.